Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 481, air date November 12th, 2019. One. Says we're live. Yep, we're live. We're doing a dual live broadcast. Hi, hi Tiffany, how are you? Hey, Dr. Shiva, how are you? I'm doing great. It's a nice uh, Veterans Day uh, here in uh uh, Boston, where I live. Yeah, no, it's 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 a beautiful day here, and I saw I saw on Friday so many people sharing this video of you in the lobby in Boston at an AMC theater, and I and I wanted to know what was going on, what's happening with this story. Uh, yeah, so so Tiffany, it's it's been sort of a longer part of what's been going on with the movement uh, for really what I call health freedom, right, or truth, freedom, and health. Um, I was asked to be to do a Q&A session, a scientific Q&A session, mm-hmm. after the showing of the Vax movie in Boston. Uh, on November 6th, the Vax movie uh, was going to be shown all across the country, uh, some in independent theaters, but a majority in the AMC theaters. And uh, I was originally going to do a talk up in New Hampshire because a number of uh, mothers had wanted me to come give a talk. Mm-hmm. However, 48 hours um, before the showing in Boston, I was asked by the local group here to do that, and I decided to do it locally because I am from Massachusetts. Right. Um, on the Boston, uh, so when, when I arrived at the Boston talk, um, it, was, it, it turned out that they literally canceled or s- denied the, uh, the opportunity um, to do this Q&A session in the Boston AMC Theater. By the way, the Boston AMC Theater is located right across from the Boston Commons, uh, as people may know, the Boston Commons was one of the centerpiece for, it's a historical centerpiece of free speech. So it's quite ironic. Hmm. So when I found out about this, uh, and people were actually coming out at that point very, very uh, upset because they had hoped to hear the Q&A session. Mm-hmm. And part of this entire idea of doing it in theaters was to do Q&A sessions to educate people. But I, I came to understand about a uh, two a day before AMC had canceled the Q and A sessions. However, the local groups had the right to negotiate with local AMC theaters for the Q and A session. So, bottom line, it was canceled. Um, uh, Tiffany, I had my tickets. So, as people were coming out in the you know in, in the sort of the initial lobby uh, where the theater is, right. um, everyone said, "Dr. Steve, we want to hear you talk. Please tell us your thoughts." And so that's when I gave that talk that you see, you know, below in our feeds on Twitter here. And tell me about this email that you received from the makers of the film. Yeah, so after I gave that talk, um, a lot of mothers, by the way, you know, people are coming out of that movie, Tiffany, extremely upset because it was like a gut-wrenching movie. And so my message, if you look at that video, was saying, hey, look, it's, you know, you've just seen a powerful movie, but we need to move beyond that. And we need to really talk about how we build a movement. And, you know, the talk is up there. Um, so after that video went up, not only did, you know, one of my guys put it up on my feed, but a lot of mothers put it up. I shortly got a, a email from a woman, uh, Bella, who I assume is a daughter of one of the uh, movie makers of Vax. And I'm not going to read all of it, but basically says, uh, I so appreciate you talking, taking the time to come to the Vax screening last night but I'm going to need to ask you to delete the video. AMC clearly stated that the nationwide, that there will be no Q and a screenings. 
And she goes on to say, we really needed to honor that to protect future screenings of vaxxed. I know censorship sucks in all caps, and it's hugely annoying. Very interesting word, annoying. But we need to honor that decision in order for, for, for this movie to be seen. So I saw this and I was like, what the hell's going on? Because so, so the reason that we, yeah, the so, reason we got to this situation with science not being heard, with scientists afraid to talk about it, with mothers not being heard, was because of censorship. And here you're trying to use censorship to tell people that they shouldn't even be able to see my very little, you know, talk out in the lobby with no lights, you know, horrible, there's no makeup, nothing. It's just a talk I'm giving basically to tell people that we need to fight and there is a way to fight. So basically, this is, there's so much going on here, really, honestly. This is them emailing you and emailing other mothers who had also shared this video, telling you all to take this video down. And, and this video, everybody was sharing it. I saw on Friday, a lot of people were sharing this video of you talking in the lobby after the VAX screening, doing a bit of a Q&A, the information that you bring out about the immune system and this whole topic and the vaccine injured children and the families and the mothers. So that video of you talking in the lobby is what the filmmakers emailed you to have you take down. Correct. Yeah, And in, and in that video, Tiffany, um, the interesting thing is I've been involved in many movements, right? Um, political movements, you know, movements for many different uh, things, right? Typically, the, those movements, you have the establishment and you have people who want change. And then you have a group called the not-so-obvious establishment. And one character of that group is they always make people feel so depressed, okay? Mm. So horrible that a call to action is really not given. And if you look in that video, I was saying there is a call to action, which is to educate all of you. And um, on December 2nd, I said, let's have a workshop where I will educate you, it's not about me, you know, a single person, because one person can't build a movement, but let us educate you and arm you with scientific knowledge, you mothers, you families, so you can go challenge the establishment. And so on December 2nd, I was saying, uh, there's a workshop going to be held, but the goal is to educate, educate, educate. And so the, the ridiculousness of telling mothers to take down that video really starts the need for a conversation, which I've had a couple of them of. So I'm, I'm really glad that we're having this because you, you've had a very good framing of the Hollywood establishment. Um, because ultimately, my thoughts on this are that you cannot build a movement, a real movement for change, if you base your philosophy on how the, what the enemy wants and how they work. Um, you know, the enemy wants power, profit, and control. And what's fascinating is if you actually study from a very scientific perspective on how they work, they work through exclusivity, right? Everything's behind closed doors. Four or five people who are deciding for the rest of us how the movement should be or how society should be. It's opaque, which means secretive. You don't let people know what decisions are made. Uh, reductionist. You always figure out one single way and you tell everyone else to fall in line. Mm -hmm. In this case, the reductionism is we will only, this movie is a goal. We got to get box office numbers. All hands on deck to get the movie out there. It's a reductionist model, single-threaded, or get this bill passed. Um, centralization, right? Here, the centralization is 
we're going to use AMC theaters as a distribution point. You know, there's a book I have here that I wrote many, many years. This book is out of print. It's called Arts and the Internet. And I wrote this book in 1993, Tiffany, to tell people, a lot of my friends are artists. I do a lot of artwork. Most artists, we all know, get screwed by middlemen, agents, right? They right. have to pimp out themselves. And in 1993, I saw the internet as this huge opportunity for you to go direct, avoid all the mediators. And that's when Arts and Internet was written. Here we're in 2019, and you're relying on AMC theaters, and you're saying, oh, my God, Shiva's speech may hurt our talk with AMC. It's so backward. So it's centralization, censorship. That's how the establishment works and depersonalization. So, so, so I wanted to use this opportunity because you're a very thoughtful person. You've talked about this. I've talked about is the strategies of the enemy are exclusivity, opacity, reductionism, centralization, censorship, and depersonalization. If you follow those strategies, you're part of the establishment. It's a not so obvious establishment. And shortly after this happened, shortly after we did not take the, uh, the thing down, Polly Tommy uh, was desperate trying to reach me. I was frankly annoyed. I didn't take the call because I was busy writing a science paper. She left two messages apologizing, realizing that it was, you know, and, and you know, I, I, maybe these people are sincere. I don't know them. It was basically catching the kid's hand in the cookie jar, right? That's what happened. So it's a nice apology, you know, thank you for the apology, but the apology is not what we need. That's what politicians do, right? right. What we need is to have a conversation about what took place because what occurred was a set of people on a bus driving around try to throw me under the bus. That's exclusivity. You know, it's reductionist because a movie doesn't a movement make. And I've said this before, there's no I in movement, but it is in movie, okay? Centralization is not the way to make things occur. The, and, and, and particularly censorship and depersonalization, thinking everyone's a mob. And here in Massachusetts, in this movement, the same thing is taking place. California was lost I don't, you know, nice people, you did Vax movie, now you're doing Vax too. I'm not blaming you, but California fell. New York fell. Maine fell. And in Massachusetts, if you're going to follow the same methodologies, it's not going to work. And I see people trying to corral everyone just to get a bill passed and shutting down all other types of movements here. The way to win is you have to take a very different approach. We have to take a revolutionary approach. We have to be inclusive. Let a thousand flowers bloom. We have to be transparent. Let all of us discuss whatever ideas there are. Let's have open discourse and debate and find out what's right. That's transparency. We have to take a systems approach, not a reductionist approach. Many techniques need to be used. Okay, you educate legislators. You fight. You have massive protests. You educate everyone else, which is what I really want to contribute. Educate people, arm them with science. We need to decentralize this model. You can't <laughs> – you're trying to – Tell me that you want to get box office numbers from AMC. No, we're in the age of the Internet. At least use YouTube. Stream it. Get this information out everywhere. Put, if you want to raise money, put a little donate button there. I think people will give you five, ten bucks. Probably raise a lot more money. And we need to have freedom. Not one inch to any aspect of censorship. I had a woman here locally you know, who's saying, I'm working very hard on the bill. Well, Shiva, I don't consider that censorship. They just needed to do a business thing and you could have hurt them. I said, did you just hear what you just said? Listen to what you just said. You are saying it's okay to censor people. And the ethics of, for me, it's an ethical question because you're never going to win by using the enemy's methods. It's over. 
And that's what's happened, Tiffany, historically in all these movements, civil rights, all these movements that people adopt and they think it's okay, they rationalize it. Oh, we got to bring in that big celebrity, right? You know, we need this guy who's all Botoxed out, okay? We need to look this way. We need PR. We can't talk like this. But the reality with this thing was the mothers here were amazing. They didn't pull it down. And the people who are trying to defend this behavior, they're being exposed. You cannot give one inch to censorship. It's total bullshit. And I think it's an opportunity for people to learn. It's not about apologies. It's not about forgiveness. This is all, all like nonsense. It's not about like uh, someone wrote to me, Shiva, you know, you should be so aggressive. You should try to catch flies uh, with honey. I said, I'm not here to catch flies. <laughs> I'm here to... This, this, this is like old, nonsensical, cultural nonsense. We're here to make people stand up on their own two feet so they become leaders. And the only way to do it, as my great-grandfather taught me, was a poor indentured servant, was education, education, education. And in that video below, I was saying, I want to educate you so, I can, so others can go educate people. These people do not want to educate people. They're part of the not-so-obvious establishment. They're following the same methods. And you can never win that way. It's, it's, you're, you're dead on arrival. So I think it's a great opportunity that we're doing this, Tiffany, because your perspective on the Hollywood establishment, this is sort of the not-so-obvious Hollywood establishment. Mm -hmm. They single-threading it and, and doing gut-wrenching movies where you make people feel you know, disempowered. Well, let's talk for a second about the Vax movie because the, the overall feeling that people have after seeing this movie is, just overwhelmed and hopeless. And it shows a lot of the truth and it talks to these families with these vaccine injured children. And it basically, it could be, it could be not what people think in a lot of ways. And I saw this huge bus that they have that's wrapped with, you know, their logo and everything. And my first instinct was who are these people and where are they getting all this money? That was my first instinct. Uh, and then this movie's being distributed by AMC. Not for nothing, right? But AMC is owned by the man, and you tweeted this out last week, who is the richest man in the Communist Party in China. So it's owned by a Chinese billionaire who is the richest person in the Communist Party. So essentially, AMC Theaters is essentially owned by the Chinese Communist Party. You could exactly say. And so, I mean... What people need to understand is that you all are, everybody is so starved for the truth. And so the truth is so powerful. It can bring down empires, right? The truth can bring down pharmaceutical empires. The, the truth can do things that nothing else can do. The truth and love could do things that nothing else can do. And so that's why you have possibly powerful people trying to grab onto the vaccine narrative, possibly, right? So you got to just not be like, these people are our savior. They're making a movie about this when nobody else is. Well, just think, and I, and I don't want to discourage people from seeing the movie. I think people should go see the movie if they want to, but just think for a second about how you feel when you're leaving that movie. Do you feel impotent? Do you feel completely disempowered? Do you think maybe that's the objective? And so, yeah, I, I think, I think this is one of the important points. Um, the, the whole cultural model of storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. The Hollywood cultural model, right? Um, or even the establishment culture model. Look, one of my mentors, you and I have talked about it, is Noam Chomsky. 
Um, Noam writes amazing books, okay? I studied with him. I've been, you know, I've known him. He and I still communicate. Uh, he's done a lot of things to educate people on the dynamics of oppression, manufacturing consent, etc. right? But most people, when they go to a Noam Chomsky lecture, leave so freaking depressed that you can't do anything, period. And if Noam, you're listening, I know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. When I was a 17, 18-year-old kid, I did a research project with Noam. At the end of it, you know, I said, Professor Chomsky, so what do you think is going to happen to the world? And his answer was, we're all at the cul-de-sac of humanity. You know, 20 years later, when I came back from exposing corruption in India, I talked to him again. I said, no, Professor Chomsky, and I was really upset when you said that to me when I was a 17-year-old kid. And he goes, well, you know, we're at the cul-de-sac of humanity. Nothing had changed. So when you don't have to be out on the streets, when it's a theoretical framework, you don't get empowered. Now, Donald Trump did, in my view, more for exposing fake news than Noam did. Why? Because he made fake news a household term. He used to point at them. He went after them. And the issue is, do you want to accept the world and how it is, or do you want to change it? And what is the path to getting there? Empowering Pat says, you know what? We create this world. You create this world. And it's not about disempowering people. It's not about a group of people saying how things get done. You know, a woman wrote to me, she goes, you know, Shiva, you come across as very aggressive. These people are nice people, right? You need to get a PR agent. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, the movement is not going to be PR. It's not going to be Botoxed, right? It's not going to be well lit. It's going to be by everyday people sharing their stories. And all of these people who think they're doing the right thing by hitting box office numbers. And that's what's interesting, Tiffany. That's what they told them. We're going to affect box office numbers. I mean, where have you heard that before? Well, when, is, when have box office numbers ever changed the world? Nothing. It doesn't. <laughs> what it does is makes people wealthy and it distracts people. Everyone's right. all into the Joker movie right now, right? Right. Wow, it's an amazing movie. Well, what, what, kind, what is it really leading people to think? They do not want people educating themselves, building movements, talking to neighbors, and that's how we change the world. You, you, it's going to happen through inclusivity, transparency. It's going to be in a decentralized model. That's how innovation occurs, and that's what people need to learn from this event. It's not we're trying to – some people have said, oh, Shiva, you shouldn't attack these people. Another thing is unity. Have you ever heard of that? Let's all unite. You know, I was just talking to a, somebody. Um, yeah, we need to bring everyone together. Well, that's a fake unity. We need to go to the core principles. People need to have open debate on how you build a movement. And what are those principles? You can't shove under the rug when someone censors someone and says, well, that, you know, don't expose that. You know, we all have to fight uh, the, the establishment. No, because you're going to become the establishment because you're part of that. Right. And this is what has historically occurred with movements. People shun the discourse on how to build a movement based on ethical principles. Well, it's so interesting, everything that's going on right now with Turning Point USA. People, it's the same sort of thing being exposed in a way. You've turned people's political engagement into a cottage industry, and you've exactly. become the... And, and by de facto, you basically have become what you're fighting. You've become the establishment. It's not... It's, it's, it's just more centralization of power, and it really is just, you know, displacement, really. You're, you, you know, you've got people putting their power outside themselves for the establishment 
or you've got people putting their power outside themselves for the not-so-obvious establishment. But either way, people yeah. are putting their power outside themselves. And what yeah, you're talking about so obvious, is yeah, the I think one of the lessons to understand here, um, I, I, you know, I've written about it, I like to talk about it because many movements, uh, it's not the establishment that screws people over. They're pretty easy to see. It's been typically the NSOE, the not-so-obvious establishment. Um, and movement after movement after movement, the not-so-obvious establishment is always used to derail political movements. And the not-so-obvious establishment, if you, if you want to see some red, red flags about it, it's always like, this is the only way to do it. You know, we only, if we, we got to get this bill passed, right? That's a signal. Uh, it typically has some celebrityhood around it, right? Uh, where people have to bow down to other people. Um, in India, for example, if you look at a couple of examples, you had the establishment, which was a British, right? Mm -hmm. um, they had oppressed the Indian people for centuries. Around 1920s, Indian people suddenly started waking up in a significant way. I mean, there were various rebellions, and they say, we want to actually have a good revolution to get rid of these people. And it wasn't nonviolent or violent. They wanted to have their own movement. And who gets dropped in was a guy called Gandhi, okay? And he's a sacred cow, was made into this big character, big larger-than-life character, you know, uh, you know, put on his, went from wearing a nice suit to putting his white dhoti, right? And he was actually promoted by an Indian who was part of the establishment. It was all very orchestrated. And what Gandhi did, he, he promoted this concept of nonviolence, wrote some good stuff, right? It was all beautifully done. And so you, you destroyed the, the actual, ang the righteous anger of people who in their imperfection wanted to build their own movement. You imposed the not-so-obvious establishment. What did Gandhi do? He literally helped transfer power. In fact, the Indian, in 1947, it's not called the Declaration of Indian Independence. You know what the document's called, Daphne? It's called transfer of power. So you have transfer of power uh, uh, from white men with hats to brown men with white caps. And that transfer of power went for 70 years, 80 years, until, you know, recently. Maybe you could look at Modi was a Trump of India. But... Dynasty after dynasty, the entire Nehru family, the Gandhi family, one family ruled India for 70 years. So that's what happens, a recurrent process, another process of oppression. You look at the civil rights movement. There were people who were fighting on the streets, names who we don't even know. And if you actually go study it, as the movement was building, they created a larger-than-life character called Martin Luther King. He worked very closely with the Kennedy government, okay, and the Southern National Christian Conference. Malcolm X, who was a real fighter, was left out. And they did the March on Washington, beautifully orchestrated. Malcolm X called it uh, a circus. You know, great speech, everything. And, but what really happened to black people? The conditions of black people today is worse than before worse. civil rights. That's what's actually happened. You basically came up with bogus, half-assed policies like affirmative action. Affirmative action never addressed the infrastructure issues in inner cities. And this was done by the same set of celebrity hoods, same set of people. The movement for truth, freedom, and health, the, the vaccine movement, which is really part of the right for me to choose what goes into my body, the right for mothers to choose what goes into themselves, the right for scientists to talk about truth. That's not going to be solved by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., by some people getting Botox and doing their shows, by a few people riding around on a bus and pushing a movie. This is a huge movement about our health. What gets injected into my body, your body, 
It's not going to be solved by a little bill. It's going to be solved by a broad-based movement of people. And that movement can never be censored, period. Gosh, there's so much to think about with this. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation because this is a perfect example of people wanting to believe because we're so starved for truth and we know it's not right. We know that what's going on within the medical establishment is tyranny. We know it's not right. We feel powerless and there's all this censorship and this all this lies and how it's all been created. And then a movie like Vaxxed 2 comes along or Vaxxed and we think, finally, we're getting some truth. I mean, it's just like you said with Gandhi being parachuted in. It really is no different. This is just a tactic. And what's real is individual personal education and empowerment and what can't be messed with. See, one person does not a movement make, just like you said. So the Gandhis, the, the you know, um, well, even, you know, even to, you know, this is my problem with politics too. It's like for people who love, you know, what Trump is doing, great, uh, but don't focus on him. What are you exactly. doing? What are you doing to better your well, country? Trump, don't sit what, around what and Trump wait. What Trump did in the grand scheme of things, you know, I never voted in my life. I've been a, you know, ground grassroots activist on many, many issues. I never voted because in 1984, there was a guy called Jesse Jackson who was running against Walter Mondale and uh, uh, Ronald Reagan. And what Jesse Jackson, we were all, you know, I was 17, 18. We were so, wow, this guy's anti-establishment, the Rainbow Party, et cetera. But at the last minute, Jesse Jackson is at the example, exemplar of the not so obvious establishment because people were starving, right? People followed him. But at the last minute on the floor of the Democratic Convention, Tiffany, what does he do? He says, well, you know, the lesser of two evils, same old bullshit. And he gives all of his votes to Walter Mondale. Okay. And that's what the not so obvious establishment do. They, they corral people in back into the establishment. I'll give you another example. Tulsi Gabbard. Recently, <laughs> what's, what's that? Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard, yeah. you know, a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. Right. She's got her stick with military industrial complex, right? And her mentor is Bernie Sanders. Look what Bernie did, okay? I had friends in the 2016 election said, Shiva, Bernie's a real thing. I said, look, Bernie is a not so obvious establishment and he's gonna do exactly he's gonna do exactly what Jesse Jackson did. They're gonna, what are you talking about? I go, Bernie's talking a good stick, but he's gonna give all of his votes to Hillary on the floor of the Democratic Convention. And that's what he did. Mm -hmm. Tulsi Gabbard has already said the same thing. I will support the Democratic candidate. You know, if she's so anti-war, why is she a major in the U.S. military? I'm sure she's going to get a pension out of that. Okay? You can't say one thing and do another thing. You have to look at people's actions. So Mm -hmm. she's got her anti-war stick down. That's the Bernie Sanders equivalent. They they single thread it. And then at the last minute, they're all going to bow down to one of these, you know, corrupt Democratic establishment candidates. The Trump phenomenon, just to put it in context, I don't know Donald Trump, but what he did that was unique was I was waiting to see when he got on the stage whether he would stop attacking establishment Republicans, and he didn't. Mm -hmm. He was throwing, for whatever reason, bombs at everyone. In some ways, history used him to start bombarding and educating people. There is fake news that that both of these parties are the same. Now, what has occurred after that, you know, I was invited to this AMP Fest thing that they had down in Florida. 
you know, this has now created the celebrity culture of the Kirks and whoever you want. Everyone writing their books, everyone doing this bullshit, trying to now be the Hollywood celebrities. You know, they had that festival, AmpFest down in Florida, and it was about free speech, okay? And uh, whatever, big tech censorship. Tiffany, I'm not, with all humility, you know, I've been writing about this. I have a solution with this. The Postal Service is not doing this business. So I tweeted out, why are these conservatives whining against liberals? Why don't they actually implement the solution? When I met Donald Trump Jr., I said, look, I have a solution that your father can implement. And he said, go talk to Andrew Sarabian. Nothing. And when I met him this time, a year later, he said, go talk to Charlie Kirk. You're talking to a guy who actually has a solution, who's figured it out. They don't want to implement solutions. They want to write their books. They want to be the next celebrity. And this is a problem with the not-so-obvious establishment. Left and right, culturally, they follow the Hollywood culture. That's what they're about. It's so deeply ingrained into them to be a celebrity, to be a star. And when someone like me or you comes out in a lobby of a theater and we just talk from our heart, we just do it without all the lights perfect, it bothers them. Because we're speaking truth, we're telling people to go in a, in a particular mode of action to educate themselves, and they have to tell us to take down that video. It's disgusting. And we, we as a people, so people, the, there's money in the circus, right? There's a lot of money in being involved in the circus, like you were just saying. And so people, the, the people, us, we have to stop propping these people up. Because we're there's you know we're propping up these people who are the not so obvious establishment, and we're afraid to you know really ask hard questions of our idols because we've you know oh this person is the person that's come to save us or whatever it is and it's like well okay then you got then you can ask them anything you know and then it shouldn't be all their power they should be empowering you this you know exactly. the 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 tide that lifts all boats right. It's not about elevating Charlie Kirk. It's not about elevating these people. It's about how are these people, you know, there's that, there's that um, idea of the pyramid, right? Where the powerful people are at the top. And this is kind of our world that we've had. And that if you reverse that pyramid and you flip it, we still need leaders, right? But you'll have leaders and they'll be sort of at the bottom in a way. And they will be so empathetic and they will be so um, they will be able to shoulder and carry more instead of the pe- the people having to shoulder and carry more. The, the original model, from a system standpoint, political movements, the old model of organi- organizing, right, was you have a vanguard, the enlightened few, mm-hmm. who tell others what to do. If you look at many of these political movements. At the early stages of it, it was bubbling, okay, what I call self-organizing systems. Right. And for example, in the Russian Revolution, there were individual workers, collectives, bubbling against the czar. Um, Leninism had some good attributes. It learned how to organize people, but eventually it failed because it came top down. And it said, we are the enlightened ones. And they, they merged with the working groups. Some of the things they did was quite extraordinary, okay, the concept of Soviets, the cell structure, and they defeated the czar. But ultimately, they didn't devolve power back to people. And this is a fundamental issue, is how do you build movements? The top-down model of secretive people telling we're going to negotiate with lobbyists, it's a bullshit model. 
in my view, if you actually look at political movements, the winning ones are where you devolve power. You have a thousand, you know, people, hundreds of thousands of leaders in small communities, and they're educating people in their local communities. There's tens and tens of thousands of leaders. If you look at social media, think about it, Tiffany. We call people followers. Mm -hmm. Why don't we call them leaders, right? The whole cultural model is the fan. Fan comes from the word fanatics, okay? It's all a cultural model of, you know, one individual getting lots and lots of followers. The real model, the old guru-disciple model, the teacher model, was one teacher trained another person, apprentice. And that person went and trained other people. It was a dispersive educational model. So part of what I want to do is get back to that. I want to I want to have a mother go up to an MD, PhD at Harvard and say, you know what? This is how the immune system works. It's a, it's a multi-level complex system. And the system that you were telling me why vaccines are safe comes from, you know, a century ago. I have learned that antibodies cannot be a single measure of the immune system success. So what you're saying is bullshit. Tell me what are the other biomarkers. Now, I can train someone in that. So what, if I do that and then I train them that they can train other people, man, I can go back to doing my science, you know, and right. working my community. But what happens is the educational system is top down. They obfuscate knowledge. It's held by the Brahmins or the priesthood, right? A few people. And we need to destroy that model. We need to decentralize it. So that's why on December 2nd, I want to do a workshop. But in that workshop, I want to make sure that I'm giving them tools that they can go to train 10 other people they become leaders so it's learn teach and serve learn teach and serve is where we need to not like i own all the knowledge you come to me i'm going to charge you 23 bucks to see a movie or 23 bucks to see me you get these that's the whole model is the cultist model based on the hollywood model right and it's what we're used to and it's what we're socialized and indoctrinated into is this mindset and Yep. So much of the work that needs to be done is us. If we break out of this box that's been built for us, then everything changes. That's why this discussion is so important. So as we, you know, with Vax the movie, what happened with you as an example, people can hold on to the fact that, okay, there is a not so obvious establishment. There are things that I need to look for. And there are, there's a way in which movements should be, I, I should be able to identify real movements. And there's a way in which something that has real power behind it is going to be dispersing that power out to the people. So these different modalities yeah. that we need to start to identify, and it's not the, you know, Charlie Kirks of the world, you know, it's not these people who are just kind of gathering power based on the, you know, lack of political you know, righteousness on the planet. There, that's, that's there. Who's gathering power and who's bringing power to the people? Those, you know, those things we need to start to learn to identify if we're going to rebuild our storytelling systems. They need to be, not everybody coming through me to work, you know, oh, here's, here's I mean, I just, I get so much uh, inundation with, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And I get that. And it's, okay, great. Start making movies, start refining your skills, start getting together with other people to do this. And, and I'm going to be doing it too. And we're all going to be doing it. And I think it's, uh, you know, talking to you has helped me understand too some, some things that I 
should be doing as far as teaching people how to write, teaching people how to tell their yeah. stories. Or, or, or a way you can do it, Tiffany, is if you create a methodology, um, at, at some point we should do a follow-up, it's called dual pedagogy, right. is how you distribute information. Is if you create a way, let's say, to teach people how to write, mm -hmm. but part of doing that, you do it in such a way that the instant they leave that course, they can also go teach people because there's something wild. I, I, at some point, I want to study this. You know, if I learn, I don't know how to, uh, you know, uh, use a hammer and a nail from a carpenter, right? I may, I may not learn it perfectly, but let's say I teach someone else. There's something that happens that I actually think about how I did it and I get better. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to be. Uh, when I was a TA at MIT, I, you know, I learned a course five years ago and a professor said, okay, we're going to give you a TA ship to teach this other course, which I had forgotten 10 years ago. But when I started teaching, I actually understood that course better than when I was a student because you start thinking about concept. Okay. Force equals mass times acceleration. I got to teach these kids. What is force? What is mass? When you teach, you actually learn more. So that's, so the concept of dispersing knowledge forces you to actually go deeper. But if you don't disperse knowledge and you want to teach others so they can also be sort of points of light to teach other people, the light that you think is coming at you, what we call Hollywood stars, it's actually a, a fake star. People have no idea of their own brightness of how much they can become when they disperse mm -hmm. knowledge and they train other people. It's, it's quite, um, quite interesting. The other principle here is uh, if people have a chance, they should go read what are called self-organizing systems, self-organizing systems. In 1957, a guy called Pergroni won the Nobel Prize because he really questioned mechanistic ways of looking at the world. You know, A causes B, B causes C, what Newton, Newton did and Einstein did. And he gave a very famous example. If you take a, a pot of water or a pot of oil, right, let's take oil on a frying pan, you start heating it. You notice all these bubbles are initially all random, mm -hmm. right? And then at a certain temperature, those bubbles will form a beautiful like hexagonal pattern, okay? It's called a self-organizing system. You keep heating, they disperse again, and at another temperature, they form patterns. What's that saying is that individual people doing their thing will create what are called emergent systems, which means different structures in nature. So... The hierarchical model of a few people doing it, control, top-down control, creates unnatural systems. That's what we've created now. We don't even know the full capability of what it means to be a human being because we control knowledge. We don't disperse it. When we disperse knowledge and everyone says, you know what, I'm going to stand up on my own two feet. I'm going to learn knowledge, like you said, skills. I'm going to empower myself. That creates a very different society when you say, I'm going to wait for the state to tell me what the vaccination schedule is. I'm going to listen to them what's good for my body. Now you've taken power away and the, the establishment loves convenience because convenience is how they make you part, they control you. So if you make it convenient to go pay $23 and see a movie and come back gut wrench, oh my God, I did my thing. No, you didn't do anything. What are you doing to understand how the science of the immune system works? What are you doing to understand how you actually get health freedom for you? What should you eat? These are decisions people need to make. And when they do that in their communities, you build power and we, we can take society to a level that we don't even know because we've been so imbued with the single-threaded model of celebrityhood or narcissism, whatever you want to call it.
and the convenience too. So we've been, you know, exactly. uh, it, it's not convenient to grow your own food, but you're going to know where it came from. You're going to be very empowered. You're going to be more knowledgeable and you can grow food for your neighbors and then you can be a community. So yeah, it's easier to go to Chick-fil-A than to cook dinner, right? But yeah. when you cook dinner, you, you're spending time, you're spending time at your home with your kids and your family. And so we have to get over so many things that we've been socialized and conditioned to have, want, except that you should be running around, have your kid in a thousand sports and organized activities and never be at home and never cook a meal and never do any of these things. We have to take back our time. We have to take back our homes, our families and our communities and our health and everything you're saying. It, but it, it starts with, you know, um, getting back to you and I have had a lot of discussions about millennials and I have a real, for whatever reason, I mean, I just have a real soft spot for millennials. I felt I, I trust millennials. They've been screwed over by, they, they're the epitome of people who naturally know something is wrong, right. but they, they're looking for direction and they're trying to figure things out. And the establishment, you know, has taken advantage of that. Of including course. we can see there. it. It's so obvious. Yep. And it's like, Oh, millennials love socialism. Millennials, you know, they want, you know, communism and all this stuff. What, what happened with millennials, and I was just old enough to be able to observe it all as an adult, as I watched them come up, was that they knew something was wrong. They mm -hmm. wanted more of a, they wanted to return to the land. They, they came here to return us to the land. That's why, as a as sort of a wave of consciousness, right? And they were shamed for it. They were, it was absolutely beaten out of them. It was like, no, get in your cubicle. You get, you get on your gridlock nine to five job. You get, you know, get on that debt wheel from, you know, university, this, that, and the other thing. And they're, they're by and large, very unhappy at this moment. People talk about how they're unemployable and I hate having, I hate hiring them and all this stuff. I'm like, that's because they're supposed to be out in a field growing your food. That's because yeah. they, they want to be the opposite of what Monsanto is and you're not letting them. And mm -hmm. if you take part in shaming the millennials, you're missing the whole exercise. And yeah, what, yeah, I think part of this whole thing is the educational model. I did a little, you know, one of my little drawings on this on the education scam. Mm -hmm. But the old model of education was you went to an apprentice or you went to a master. You knew you would learn a skill. You know, when I was a 14-year-old kid, I, I went to people and I learned how to program. I didn't even need to go to MIT, Tiffany. I was making money before them, but I had a tangible skill. Right. You went, or you learned carpentry, you learned landscaping, all these very important skills. Somewhere along the way, um, I think it was occurred around the 70s, parents were told that their kids had to go to this thing called college, right? So, and so now, but there's big uncertainty, right? In the old model, you knew you'd get a skill and you knew you'd probably could make money and survive and have a nice family and have community. Now kids are sent to a thing called college. The kid is used as collateral in that model. Mm. And in that model, the university... The student loan service providers like, you know, Sally may give not that kid the money. It goes into the university. If you follow the flow of money, it, it's called a student loan. The university has used that kid as collateral to oh. get that $50,000. What do they do with that? They go put it into their endowment and invest it and make 8, 20% a year, uh, pay their hedge fund guys like Harvard did $56 million. The kid is leaving potentially without any skills. Four years, he's in $200,000 in debt at 8%. He can never go bankrupt. And there's a, and as a result, you have $1.6 trillion in student loan debt. 
Students are not learning any skills uh, by and large. The, both sides have made money. The college's endowments have grown. The Naviance and the Sally Mays have grown. And when that student loan bubble bursts, you and I and all the taxpayers will be paying for that. And this was brought to you, uh, thank you very much, by the uh, establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment telling every kid that they needed to go to college. And, you know, the solution for that is have the colleges uh, co-sign the loans because that will force them now to say, oh, okay, maybe my child should not be taking the a history, you know, getting a degree in the history of aardvarks or something. You know what I'm saying? Are they learning a tangible skill? So I think it goes back to one-on-one. -on -one. Same thing with medicine. We used to have a direct relationship with our doctors. It was one-on-one. -on -one. The doctor knew what was good for you. Health emerged from, uh, not what the, he knew, but they, there was a, you know, a, a collective understanding between you and the doctor. So we've put all these middlemen in between. And I think the real issue, the inspirational opportunity for people is to realize you are the power you, you need to figure out what's right for you, but, and you need to take responsibility. And that was what I was saying in the lobby of that uh, movie theater. And that's why they wanted it down. That's what it was really about, whether they do implicitly or explicitly, right? right. They've been trained that you need to do this movie. You need to follow four people. It's what needs to be busted up. And that's why we didn't take that video down. That's why that video will never come down. That's why I think one of the moms, I want to read her quote. Uh, she's a mom who has a vaccine-injured child because these are the people who are really, uh, you know, the, the victims here. But this woman is a fighter. Jessica uh, wrote, someone said, you know, you should take that movie, uh, that video down. And Jessica said, that's a hard nope, N-O-P-E. <laughs> she goes, censorship and our freedom is the exact thing we are fighting against and for boycott uh, before boycott AMC and find another theater that should have been the right answer it should not have been take down the video so that young girl Bella I think she's what I don't know what her age is but her parents need to teach her don't write to a guy who's been fighting all of his life came from India with nothing is a, is a sincere fighter and tell him to take down the video you're not learning the right lesson and so the Q&A that you were that you were holding there in the lobby you were talking about these issues right here. Hey, this is great. You've just seen a really depressing movie. Um, there's a lot of truth in this movie. Don't feel disempowered. You need to be empowered as individuals. It's not about a small handful of people, the Robert you know, Kennedys. It's not about these people having control of the anti-vaccine movement. It's about Exactly, you. implicitly or explicitly. And in fact, what I said was, we in Massachusetts have a huge opportunity. You have a huge opportunity because right across over there is MIT and Harvard, the centers of power, the, the academicians who are the fake news behind fake news right now. We have an opportunity at, at, at the cradle of, you know, where the revolution took place at the cradle of science and innovation to make a change. It can only occur if you get educated. I'm willing to educate you, but you're going to have to get educated and stand up on your own two feet. You know, a friend of mine, Chandler, came out of that. And I looked at him, and his whole face was pale. And I said, what happened? He goes, Shiva, I just feel like I got hit in the gut. And that's how he was going to leave. That's not empowering. Well, right, because it's like they want they, – the cat's out of the bag. People know vaccines are injuring children. People know yeah. that we don't need to have a baby born and then jab well, one them. One size doesn't fit all. Well, the, the bigger issue is – just to, to my position on this, Tiffany, is there's, you know, a whole 
a buffet of medical, I call it interventions, right? Mm -hmm. um, surgery, right? Exercise, food, vaccines, antibiotics, you know, Advil, right? Turmeric, right? Herbs, supplements. There's a whole broad array. The Western stuff was really created out of wartime medicine, putting a soldier on the field. Catastrophic. That's where Western medicine comes from, right? You get your hand blown off, we're going to stitch it back together. It's great for that use, right. but there's a whole other array of medicine. And my position is, what is it that you want? What you want and I want is resilient health. It's how all natural systems are. And if you take, you know, this, this piece here of thing, you know, this thing goes back and forth. It can handle a certain amount of stress and it comes back, right? That's what you want. You're, you want your body to take a certain amount of stress and you want to be able to come back. Resilience is a goal in health. How do you build resilience where you're supposed to stress your body a little bit and it's supposed to grow? You're not supposed to exercise 10 days, you know, seven days a week, but you put enough pressure and then you rest. If you do too much exercise, you lose muscle. If you not do enough exercise, you, you also lose muscle. Right. So resilience is a goal. So if you're looking at that, you as an individual, let's say there's a kid who grew up in a bubble and his parents kept him in highly sterilized environments, right? He may need a little bit of vaccine titers, right, to get him. Because if you just threw him out in the wilderness, he'd probably die. But me who grew up in India and, you know, dirt and everything, I'm probably a lot more resilient. I don't need to be getting 30 vaccines. I'm sorry, right? Right. That's why it's a personal choice because you build resilience <coughs> by fighting what's right for you. And that's where medicine's going. The right medicine for the right person at the right time. It's called personalized medicine. In that, you know progressive movement of medicine why are we telling people that one size fits all and that's the message that people need to learn now if they can articulate this they can all fight with their local people you know become they don't need someone to fly in and do a movie they become their own movies right well and that's part that's part of what this what we learned here with this situation where vax is trying to censor you from having any kind of voice around this it's like well no we're the voice we're, exactly. we're the voice and, and so we're learning a lot here, and this is revealing a lot. And I, I hate to tell people, you know, don't go see the movie. My advice is, you know, see the movie, but take particular note of how you feel after you see the movie. Do you feel totally disempowered? Do you feel absolutely impotent, like there's nothing you can really do? Is that possibly the way that very powerful people would want you to feel around this issue? Just ask yourself these questions. And then when they talk to somebody like you and you're saying, here are the tools. Here's what you need to know. Let's, let's all get educated. And that way we, can, we don't need, like you said, we don't need these four or five people to parachute in and tell us, oh, okay, this is, how, this is what we know about this issue. This is how you're supposed to feel. This is what... You know, this is what's really going on with the vaccine issue. Even if you feel that they're telling you some truths and they're revealing, yes, people have been injured and it's, it's terrible and it's awful. Are they providing you any solutions? You know, are they providing you any roads yeah. to revolution? I, I, I think you, I think, you, I think, the, right. I'm sorry, Tiffany. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think this is the issue. How do you feel? And if your gut instinct is something's wrong, and I was talking to a, a woman who's involved in the legislative process of this, you know, mm -hmm. she's a mother uh, who says, oh, my God, we got to stop this bill. We got to stop this bill. And I go, well, how are you planning on doing that? Well, it, uh, we should not have any protests. 
we cannot have any protests because if we do that, we're going to piss off the Congress people. And you know how many times I've heard that, Tiffany? It's to tell people not to go to the streets as though you can trust a congressperson. <laughs> and I said, do you know Massachusetts is the most corrupt state, the third most corrupt state in the entire United States by the Public Integrity Organization and got an F in a lobbyist disclosure? She goes, well, that's good because we've gotten a lobbyist to try to work the back room. So they're working the same model as though four people are going to stop a congresswoman, congressman in some vote. The reality is there's trillions of dollars involved here. $50 billion is made off of vaccines. A half a trillion is made off the, the issues that vaccines create. Do you think that these politicians are going to overnight accept it? You know, the model we've promoted here is you need to focus on risk assessment, one size fits all. We need to educate people. But to single thread it, to rely on, oh, in five months, we're going to knock out this bill. It's ludicrous because a year from now, they're going to come again or two years from now. So the issue is to create a broad-based movement. So even if they stop this bill today, you have millions of people educated, neighbors. So the next time they even think about bringing it up, you can nail them. So it's like you don't do one thing at, while telling other people to shut up or stop doing other things. That's what the issue here is. These little groups of people tell the other groups, ours is the only way. My view is self-organizing system. Let people all get educated. Let them figure out in their own communities what's the right way to do it. Because what occurs in one local community may be very different than what occurs in another community. And nature works like that. Right. You know, we all start with the same DNA. You know, when a sperm meets an egg, if you take a biological example, but those cells differentiate into various different things. Some become lungs, some become heart, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. There's a whole process. Nature is very profound in how it can take a core principle, which is inclusivity, freedom, truth, all these things, but it may manifest itself in very different ways. It's not controllable. It should not be controlled. This is such good so, information. And I think for people to start to take on board this information of, is what you're looking at the not so obvious establishment? That is really the wolf in sheep's clothing. Exactly. Because the establishment wants to take your power. And so does the not so obvious establishment. It's just doing it in a much trickier way. So, yep. so what's your advice to people? I mean, so these moms, so these moms did not pull down their videos, right? They, they didn't pull that. And, and what's, what's amazing is, um, what's really amazing is this, you know, I've been involved in so many different movements. It has been so inspiring because these mothers are warriors. Yeah. You know, in traditional times and traditional cultures, the women were the matriarchy. They were the power. Uh, one of the women who who gets it, you know, uh, 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 Jen was saying, you know, I went to that movie. I had seen most of the clips and it saddened me. But when I was in that movie, seeing all these people crying, she goes, I got angry. Mm -hmm. Why are these people here getting so depressed? She goes, I got angry because I realized what this movie was actually doing to them. We need to fight. And what I've noticed with these mothers who got it when we did not pull down the video and they didn't pull it out, that now there's a bifurcation where people are being taken away. And the response is by some of those people are still attached to the not-so-obvious establishment. Oh, we need unity. We need unity. Please don't um, say anything against Del Bigtree. Please don't say anything against Bobby Kennedy. I'm not saying anything against them. They're just individuals. I'm talking about a pattern and that you need to take – you need to get educated. It's not about these individuals, nor is it about me. Right. So I think what's really wild, Tiffany, women, mothers, get it. Like they're already warriors. 
I, I sometimes I felt like the last of the Mohicans. I find very few men who actually get the desire to really fight. But women, mothers, they get it. They're already there. And that's what's cool. If we arm them with some tools, like this is how a system works, they can now be power. We're not arming them with guns, but we're arming them with knowledge. And that's what, you know, starting, as I mentioned, December 2nd, um, turns out that's when I left India, you know, 49 years ago. So I'm very grateful. So as a gift, I'm going to do these workshops. But the goal is I want like a thousand people coming out of there that they go teach. Mm-hmm. And they teach this knowledge and it just spreads and they start interpreting the knowledge and they add to it. That's what we need to do. We need to educate people on the principles. How do you get to truth, truth, freedom and health? What are the principles of how those in power control movements and how do you bust that up? And once that transition happens, it's like people falling off, like you said, off the cliff, right? Mm-hmm. It's like no stopping anything. You don't need George Clooney. You don't need all the Hollywood people doing their little nonprofits. Most of it's for their own relevance, right? You bust all that up. And that's what I'm looking forward to. So I, I love these mothers. I mean, I love my mother, but these mothers are so inspiring because they're freaking fighters. It's just phenomenal. Shiva, what you've just inspired me to do it's, is, is, is a whole new part of what I think I want to start doing, which is teaching people, like bringing people together as far as all of these people who want to get out of Hollywood – all these people who want to be in film, get all these people together and have... Yeah, you, can, you can teach them. I mean, you're an award-winning screenwriter, right? right? Have people you know, who know I, what I, we're I, doing I, teach yes. as many people as possible because yep. it's stressful. I've noticed, and I haven't really been... I haven't really thought about it in the terms that you're putting it, but it's been stressful at times for me. You burn out. Well, One individual. Like, that's why a lot yeah. of these revolutionary activists burn out. It's, and the establishment knows that. Right. So the only way to win at this is watch nature. Nature knows how to replicate itself, right? Right. And, and so it's the only way because me trying to do this all day, me trying to do videos, you know, I have a family. I want to stay healthy, right? You can't right. do it after a while. You get burned out. Uh, so you have, the only way to do it is to educate and let, learn, teach, and serve. So, I love this. This is such, yep. a, this is such a great conversation. And I, I, if you need any help with this dual pedagogy stuff, um, I, that itself we should teach people. We yeah. should teach people how do you take knowledge and you learn, teach, and serve to others. And that's so, what makes this vaxxed movie issue so it sort of well rounds this whole issue that we're talking yeah. about because it's not about one movie. This movie may very well be part of the not so obvious establishment. And how do you take the control back of your health, your children's health, your community's health? And the health of this planet. So we can do that, but we have to spread out the knowledge, not centralize the knowledge. And and it's 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 just it's and teach people skills. People need to learn. They need to learn that they can learn science. They can understand the immune system. Um, we held a international conference on vaccine risk assessment. Mm-hmm. This is what the NIH should be doing. Right. Six hundred and fifty people signed up. We did it right here in Cambridge. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what people should be doing. This is educational. You get it's citizen science. So we're calling it actually a citizen science workshop. We can't trust these big institutions anymore. And they're we need completely they're failed states in some ways. And, you know? we, and we need thousands of citizen filmmakers. There's so exactly. many stories to tell. So it's like exactly. if 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 people really had the skills and the know how to say, here's how you shoot a documentary, here's how you edit it, 
Here's how exactly. you, you know. Awesome. And then it's something great. I'll retweet it. You know what I mean? You don't or have I'll, to go to know. NYU film school. Right. And pay a shitload of money. You know, you can learn it because the principles are same. You know, we are all, you know, intelligence wise, we're all pretty intelligent, you know? Right. So the level of intelligence from here to here to learn how to make a film or learn how to uh, do science is not that much. It just requires your desire to want to go do it. And here are some tools. So that's what needs to happen. So that we don't have to have the vaxxed movie be the single voice. We can have 50 or 100 people across the country filming each other and their friends mm -hmm. and their experiences with vaccines exactly. and their friends whose children are vaccine injured. You don't know how many amazing filmmakers or, are out there. Or, or right. you know, what I found is, Tiffany, many of these mothers are going on PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D, mm -hmm. which, which is a host of all the scientific papers. I have found so many citizen science mothers. They know more about the immune system than, I would say, number of people at MIT who That's study amazing. the immune system. Because when you study and you teach a course, one of my uh, uh, mentors or teachers at MIT, I called him up in the middle of this. He goes, Shiva, I gave that course long ago. because. I don't even know what's going on these days because they are focused, the academic institutions to focus in a very simple way to get their grants. They teach a course which goes old so quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's going back to people recognizing that they have incredible power. Nowadays we have access to certain tools and people just taking ownership and becoming citizen scientists, citizen filmmakers, you know, uh, citizens, whatever. Right. But right. that's what we need to happen. So it's a dispersal of knowledge. Wow, I love this discussion. Anyway, this was great. Yeah. I, I hope, you know, this is not meant to, by the way, anyone listening, this is not, if I brought people's names up, this is not, these are examples. This is not meant to attack an individual. It is more to give an opportunity for people to understand that in order to build movements, you cannot follow the principles of your oppressor. It's never going to fail. And that's what they did when they t said to remove that video right. it's dead on arrival but it's a great opportunity if we learn from this and those of you who asked me to pull down that video i hope you're sincerely listening i don't have any ill feelings towards you but i do not believe that you're headed on the right path by following the principles of the establishment whether you know it or not you are becoming the not so obvious establishment maybe you're doing it willingly maybe unwillingly but hope hopefully this is a wake-up call and that's what we wanted to do, and, and Tiffany and I talked about this with Tiffany's, you know, experience with how the Hollywood establishment works. We thought by combining this as, as educators, um, in our humble way, we could open people's eyes. And this is not meant to attack any individual, right? Or even the or even the film Vax or any of it. Exactly. It's, Everyone it's should go see the movie if you can. I wish it was available. Uh, here's my advice: make it available online. Put a little donate button. You know, I'm sure people give you $1, $5, $100, but go direct. You know, this was written in 1993 talking about this, okay? The internet was about going direct. Yeah. And you can still do it. So. And that's what we're doing right now. Thank you so yep. much for, for bringing this Thanks, conversation. Was, well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad we decided to do this. And uh, we're streaming on both, <laughs> both sides. So we learned some interesting t technology stuff how, how to do this. So. I know, I know. We're, we're all learning every day. Okay. So, well, cool. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Happy Veterans Day.